11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Tesho Akindeli. Tesho, how's it going? I'm doing good, Paul. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just go back in time. Uh, what, what was your first memory of playing soccer? My first, <laughs> this is funny, my first memory was um, in like my living room with my dad. We would We would play soccer with a balloon. And he would, uh, he would like balance it on his head and just like walk over to my goal. And I, you know, I'd be slamming into him trying to get it and he would, he'd score on me. So that was my, my first memory, just playing balloon soccer with my dad. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, and then I know you, you grew up in Canada. Uh, what was that like just growing up in Canada? And then I, and then I know you moved uh, to the U S when you were eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did grow up in Canada. Um, but I moved, I was pretty young when I moved. So most of my memories are from living in Colorado, but it was great. And I still had so much family in Canada that I'd go back and visit all the time. Um, but, you know, obviously I started playing soccer over there mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, developed my game, I guess, as a little kid over there. But then, yeah, grew up mostly in Colorado. Gotcha. And then uh, what about like during high school or like, or what was like the point that you knew you were like really good or like better than the rest? Um, I guess I always knew I was, I was good, Mm -hmm. but I think the point that I knew I could be a professional probably came in my freshman year of college. Like I had this, I had this crazy week, my freshman year of college, we played three games and I scored 10 goals in the three games. And then it was like, after that moment, I was like, oh man, you know, like I could, I could actually become a professional. So I'd say it wasn't until then, like some kids that, you know, they probably knew when they were 15 or whatever, but Mm -hmm. for me, it wasn't until I was, you know, already in in college. Gotcha. And then, yeah, just going back to high school, what was, what was the recruiting process like for you? Um, it wasn't too crazy, honestly, you know, the club team, that's kind of when the academy was, was first too, but I didn't, I never switched over to play with the, like the Rapids Academy was right by me, but I didn't switch over. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, we'd play tournaments with my club team. I had some offers from like D1 colleges, mostly in California, but honestly, I didn't want to leave Colorado. Like I just liked Colorado. And, um, so I committed to go to the school called the School of Mines, which is just like a small engineering school. Mm-hmm. And I had been going there like the coach there had known me since he was like 10 years old because I would go to summer camps over there. It's like, it, The school is right next to um, the Coors Brewery, mm-hmm. and that's where my dad worked. So in the summertime, I would like – he would take me to um, to the summer camps at the school. So I knew the soccer coach since I was 10, and it was kind of just like – I just called him and was saying, hey, I, I want to come to the school. He said, perfect. <laughs> so – I had some other offers, but I didn't really consider anything else seriously because I just I knew I wanted to go to school of mines. 
So what about I, I read that you turned down an offer from the Rapids at um, 17. So what, what was that like? And like, why, uh, you, why did you turn it down? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was like too formal of me turning it down, but that's like right when the academy was starting. And, you know, that was the closest one to me. And so they were saying that I could I could play with them. They'd love to have me play with them. But I just like I already knew that I kind of wanted to go to the school of mines at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to pay to play in the academy back then, too. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, it's just it just seems better for me to to just stay with my club team. My dad was my coach, too. Mm-hmm. So that was another reason. So it was just kind of comfortable. I didn't yeah. really see any benefit for it because the academy was just starting. If I had yeah, been sure. going up today, I, I mean, I definitely would have made yeah. a different decision. But kind of back when I was when I was playing, it wasn't as important to to be on an academy team. Gotcha. And then what about did you know like you were going to a D two school versus a D one like that could affect uh, you kind of going pro possibly? Yeah, I mean, like I said, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. pro soccer when I yeah. chose my school. Like, my, so my dad is Nigerian, mm-hmm. and if anybody knows, like, especially African immigrants, they're very strict on education. So, and my mom, she's she's Canadian, but she's she's um, big on education too. So, they wanted me to go to a good school first and foremost, and that school is a good school that had a soccer team. And so, to me, it was more about education when I chose that school, and I wasn't I wasn't thinking about like oh this might be harder to become a pro because yeah. I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking of being a pro at that time, honestly. Gotcha. What, uh, what did you study there? I was studying electrical engineering and that's because, um, the school is like only engineering mm-hmm. and, um, I had chem to like the second level of chemistry and I just had no idea what was going on. And so I went to like the counselor and I said, okay, what degree can I get here without taking chem to, and they're like pretty much only electrical engineering. So my choice was made for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then what was your overall experience like there um, on and off the field? I, I know you almost had a goal per game. Yeah. I mean, the experience was really great. I, I met a lot of my friends, kind of lifelong friends over there. I met my wife while I was going to that school. She didn't go to the school, but mm-hmm. she grew up in the same city. Um, I had a really great experience. And on the field, obviously, I did well. And it kind of, even though I was in D2, I did well enough to, to capture the eye of, you know, professional professional teams and gave me the opportunity to, to actually become a pro. So I had, mm-hmm. yeah, I had no regrets. I really loved college. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then what, what was it like um, on draft day for you? <laughs> draft day, I was, um, I was at, like, my college house, and I had some of my teammates over and my family because I wasn't sure when I was going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It's funny because so Dallas, Dallas like traded their they had the fourth pick or something and they they took a pause and they traded and my mom was like laughing she was like oh look at this Dallas team they don't know what they're doing and then they ended up picking me like the next pick <laughs> so and so I was I was surprised to be picked in the first round so early I didn't think that was gonna happen and yeah it was just a whirlwind I was just at home with my friends and family which was kind of perfect to me it, it was yeah. it was almost better than being at the draft just to be with a lot of people that supported me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I could tell you're you're a humble guy. You went six overall, and you were the you were the highest drafted player out of Division Two. Um, and then, yeah, just tell me tell me about like your first MLS game and, and what that experience was like. My first game ever, I think, was against the Sounders, and I remember like someone they sent me a, my very first memory was they sent me a long ball, 
Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Yedlin was like coming to pressure me, and I controlled it. And then I like stepped on the ball and fell over. And I was like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> I, I luckily I kept the ball and I was able to pass it. But I was just like, "What a what a bad start!" But uh, the, you know, the rest of the year kept getting better and better from there. But so any any players out there, if you have a a bad first step or bad first experience, it'll it'll hopefully get better for you. Yeah, and then um, what did what did it mean to you to win Rookie of the Year? Yeah, that was really crazy too. Um, you know, I had some good games. I was able to score goals that year. It's, it's also crazy, too, because I didn't play any games at all until probably like halfway through the year mm-hmm. because, you know, we had a really good team. And then one of our maybe our best player, this guy, Mario Diaz, he got a, a bad injury. So he was out and that made us change our formation. And so I was able to start playing games at that point. And then uh, so rookie of the year was like way off my radar and then i just started playing well when i got my opportunity and it was just a huge blessing i feel like that's something you know that i'll be able to to remember for for the rest of my life and you know tell my kids about because it's a special moment for me yeah definitely um and then 2018 uh dallas traded you to orlando city um like did you know that trade was going to happen was it random yeah, I kind of I knew it was going to happen. I had been at Dallas five years, I think, at that point, mm-hmm. and um, I we kind of talked to each other about it, maybe it'd be best for both of us if I could get a trade. They had offered me a contract, but I was saying maybe if I could get a trade, it would just be better just just to get something new. And they mm-hmm. were they were so good about it. Like they they even called me when Orlando uh, was interested. They said, "Does Orlando sound like a place you want to go to?" I said, yeah, definitely. So it was super smooth um, mm-hmm. from the Dallas side. And then, you know, I'm just happy that I got the chance to come to Orlando. And I, I really feel like it was a, a good move for me as a player and a person, too. I think I grew up a lot having to change environments like that. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. And I forgot to ask you, uh, could you could you take me through your first MLS goal? <laughs> my first, Yeah, my first goal, um, I, we had the ball on the left wing, and I think it was our left back. He, he did kind of an early cross, and I basically had a tap in. But I was definitely offside, so if there was VAR, they would have called it back. But luckily, there was no VAR at the time. But it was just a, a nice, easy tap in from an offside position, first goal. It was against Chivas USA, too, who doesn't even exist anymore. So that's <laughs> that's a good story. I gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, just playing for Orlando City, uh, how, how has that experience been? Uh, it's been it's been really great. I mean, my first year I came here and I had my best year personally. I was able to score ten goals. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans over here are, are just amazing. I love playing in front of the wall all the time, and I love living in Orlando too. You mm-hmm. know, coming here. One thing you always hear about Orlando, of course, is Disney, Disney, Disney. But I live kind of far away from Disney, and I just love my neighborhood. I love I love Florida in general. It's just a nice, diverse place. You get to meet so many different types of people, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's really just an interesting play. I think Florida gets a bad rap as being like too crazy, but to me it's been a really positive experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then what about the 2020 season? Obviously uh, it was crazy. What, what was it? What was it like just playing in the, in the bubble? Yeah, the bubble was weird. Um, luckily like, so we were in Orlando, yeah. um, but we weren't able to see like our family. So, you know, I have a, a wife and a kid. Mm-hmm. My kid was like one years old at the time. So my wife was at home for, you know, seven weeks taking care of taking care of my son by herself, mm-hmm. and I was like thirty minutes away, but I couldn't help. So yeah, it was yeah. an interesting experience um, personally. But then on the field, it was super positive for our team. Like I think yeah. that we really like we played really well. We got to the finals of the bubble, um, and I think we just kind of like formed a bond and a culture 
in that moment because you know we had a new coach coming in that year and everything was kind of up in the air but the bubble kind of brought us together in a really good way and uh i think we've been carrying that momentum ever since yeah for sure um and then i know you play on the the canadian national team what, what does it mean to you to just put on that canadian jersey it means a lot um i was thinking about it the other day and i was talking to one of my friends here who chris mueller who's played for the u.s national team and he was saying you know only like 700 and something people have ever put on the jersey for the u.s national team the men's national team Mm -hmm. and you know i would assume a similar number for for canada so just to think you know i was born in this country and i'm like one of say 700 people to ever play to represent the team in soccer just is a huge blessing you know and and also i've been able to i've been able to play world cup qualifiers i've been able to travel all over like central america to places i probably never would have gone to and maybe never will go to again all from soccer and all from the national team so it's just been a huge blessing and an honor to to be able to do that yeah definitely um i'm not sure but are you guys like trying to qualify right now for the oh yeah Yeah. the olympics is yeah we're still in the process right now uh so we have a camp i didn't get called up to the most recent camp we have we have a really good team right now Mm -hmm. a lot especially in the forward position we have a lot of guys playing in europe doing well so i wasn't able to get called up to this most recent camp but we're in uh yeah we're still on the path to world cup qualifying so i think i think we can do it we have the team to do it for sure yeah definitely and i and i just recently saw that you got your master's so congrats on that how did uh, i know mls has a program so how did that all come about yeah um so i I left school early when i got drafted Mm -hmm. i didn't finish my degree in electrical engineering and then i kind of took a year and I was, I was going to look at how I could finish my degree, but you can't really do engineering degrees online. Yeah. Um, so then I, then this partnership between SNHU and the, uh, the MLS came, and it was perfect. It was online. We got a scholarship, so I finished my undergrad using that program, and then I just kind of went straight into doing my master's um, in finance. So I've been, I've been doing school like in the afternoons for f- five years or six years, something like that, and I was able to finish my undergrad and my master's, but... You know, it, it was great that that partnership came. It really helped me out. I don't know how I would have been able to do it otherwise, but I'm definitely glad to be done. I've yeah. done a lot of school for a long time, so I feel like a huge weight lifted off my shoulder to be done with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure you were taking them in, in uh, like, micro doses, but I feel like that just makes it even longer. <laughs> yeah, it, it just stretches it out, exactly. Yeah. Like, you have to balance. You don't want to be overwhelmed yeah. and do, like, five classes at once, But you all, so it's just, like, it just dragged on and on and on, but I, yeah. I, you know, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. did it. That's what's most important. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with be pro by perfect soccer, head over to perfectsoccerskillscom slash B E P R O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. All right, you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yep, I'm ready. All right, what's the most important quality or skill you feel uh, has helped you become success successful as a pro? Um, I think I think mental toughness, especially to play to like have a long career. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have ups and downs, and I think just being able to to believe in yourself and just kind of not get taken all over the place emotionally through those times is is kind of a very important quality. For sure. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Hmm. I would say, I guess I'll put two different groups of people. I'll say for the younger players, especially, is just not not taking it 
seriously enough, especially the guys coming from college. I think that they don't, they probably don't eat well enough sometimes, or they don't come in early or stay late to like take care of their bodies. Um, so that's a, definitely a big mistake I see for younger guys. And then just players in general, I would say is kind of not thinking about maybe your finances and kind of what's next uh, as much as you should. Like, like we said earlier, I got my degree, my master's degree in finance. So I care a lot about that and like spend a lot of time thinking about just personal finance and stuff. And uh, I wish, I wish more guys did because we have a great opportunity. We make a good amount of money, but a lot of guys just don't focus on that and then kind of get stuck in a hard place when their career is done. Yeah, for sure. Um, what what advice would you give to a young player trying to get a scholarship or trying to make a pro league? I would say just practice more than the people around you. Um, it's it's all about practice, honestly. Like just just repetition, just getting the reps in. So like maybe say say you're a young kid from Thornton, Colorado, like I was, and you're on a team who practices three times a week, and you think, okay, I'm the best player on my team, but really you're competing with a kid from Colombia who's practicing seven times a week, or a kid from wherever england or africa or anywhere Mm -hmm. so i would just say you got to be thinking i need to be practicing as much as my real competition which is not just the people around me yeah definitely uh these next two could be soccer related or or life related um what what is uh something that most people think is true that you believe isn't Uh, that's a good question i'll say that um i think i'll say that Time, time is more important than money. I'll say that. And I think a lot of people, if you said that to them, they would probably like agree it's true. But I don't think a lot of people live their lives that way. People kind of get stuck in this race of getting a better job and buying nicer things. But to, to me, like, it's the most important thing is time. Like, I have a family, I have kids, and I'm just trying to set up my life to actually care more about time with them, even time for myself than to, to make a million, $10 million, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. With that. I think, like you said, like people agree with it, but they don't actually do it. They don't really live yeah. it, you know? So, yeah. I, like, I'm really trying to, to live like that. And, yeah. you know, it's something I talk to my wife about a lot, and hopefully I can pass that message on to my kids as well. Yeah, definitely. What's something that you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Hmm. I would say... Um, so I recently started like investing in real estate Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I've been, I've been doing some stuff kind of moving slowly, but I think I would kind of dive in a little bit harder if I, uh, if I knew I couldn't fail. So I'm still kind of feeling like a bit of a rookie, a beginner, not trying to make a mistake, but Mm -hmm. if I knew I couldn't fail, I would definitely dive heavier into real estate investing. All right. I like that. Um, uh, These are some questions I just thought about. Um, What, like what makes you like uh, a, a top goal scorer? I think it kind of goes back to that mental toughness thing. Um, just you gotta, you just gotta be alert all the time, and you have to, you have to just like you're gonna miss chances, you know, and you have to be able to bounce back from that. Like I've missed a ton of chances in my career, mm-hmm. but people kind of don't end up remembering those. They just remember the goals you scored. So that's something to keep in mind for a forward. Um, let me think if there's anything else I could say. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, just kind of being mentally tough and just being able to bounce back. Yeah. I guess also is to know know yourself well. Like, if you're the kind of guy who's good at dribbling, like, use that to your advantage. If you're not a good dribbler, don't don't try to be Ronaldinho. You know, yeah. like, if you're – like, look at Chris Wondolowski. He's the greatest 
MLS goal scorer ever, mm-hmm. and he ne- he never dribbles anybody. He knows what he's good at. He just gets in the box in the right spot and he scores one touch goals. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's that's an important lesson. Like, don't just be true to yourself. Yeah, for sure. And then how how do you feel about um, just like other athletes like investing in the MLS? Like uh, Mark Ingram just invested into the uh, DC United. Yeah, I think that's exciting for sure. I think people are seeing the power of uh, of soccer. They're seeing these valuations are going crazy. Yeah, maybe one day we'll be able to kind of like pool together some uh, some MLS players or something, current, current and former players, and get invested. Yeah. I think I think it's a great opportunity. And when stuff like that, like Mark Ingram invests, it just brings more uh, attention to the sport, which is which is always great. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of articles that they're just like MLS is on the rise, which I already knew, but like now it's just like more things are coming out about it. Yeah, I think even Kevin Durant maybe is yeah. invested in in some. Yeah, so team. I have the I have the list right here. I'll tell you, Ru- Russell Westbrook and and Ken Griffey Jr. invested in Seattle. Uh, Mia Hamm invested into LAFC. James Harden invested into Houston. Uh, Kevin Durant to Philly and Steve Nash into Vancouver. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a lesson for like. Like, probably the everyday athlete, especially in MLS, like, you can't really be part of an ownership group of a team. But it's just just the lesson of, like, you need to invest your money is so important. And I think that we should take take the example from all of these huge superstar athletes and just bring it into our own lives. Like, maybe you can't buy a soccer team, but maybe you can buy a real estate investment, just buy yeah. a rental property or something like that. So invest your money is a, is a good lesson. Yeah, for sure. All right, you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, what do you what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I like to play chess a lot. Right. I, I got like I got kind of good, and then I hit a plateau. So, but I still like to play. I play chess pretty much every day for like maybe an hour or so. All right, I like that. Um, what's your What's your favorite song right now? Man, my favorite song right now. Um, that's a good question. Man, there's this there's this song that's like so obscure. It's called Pine and Ginger. It's like a kind of reggae song, mm-hmm. but it's just got a good a good feeling to it. And it's been my favorite song for like two years. That's when I first heard it, like two years ago. <laughs> That's so crazy. Pine and Ginger. It's just like a good summer summer day song. All right, I like that. What about, uh, what's your favorite food? Favorite food is probably, so I'm from Colorado and we like, we have these smothered breakfast burritos over there mm-hmm. that they, so they'll do like, you put eggs, potatoes, and like say sausage inside the burrito. Wrap it up and then smother it with like green chili. It's big in Colorado and New Mexico, um, so that that's probably my favorite food. One of my one of my friends' moms like makes me her homemade green chili and ships it out here, so I can have it. Like she like they put uh, dry ice and everything because you can't get it. Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You can't get like the real good like yeah. homemade stuff if you're outside of Colorado or New Mexico. Yeah, so. So that's probably my favorite food, smothered breakfast burritos. Yeah, for sure. All right, last one. Uh, what's something people don't know about you? Um, I mean, playing chess probably is one. I don't know how many people know that I play chess. And then I guess, yeah, I don't know if I could really think of anything else. And also investing in real estate. I don't yeah. know if many people know that I do that. That's two things I already talked about. But yeah, for sure. I can't, I can't really you think gotta, of anything You got to challenge another. I'm sure there's another MLS player that uh, – Says he's the best chess player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've played a few guys on my team, and I, I, I'm the king of Orlando City. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody better than me in the league, but I'm, yeah. I'm the best in Orlando City, hands down. All right, I like that. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Uh, yeah, just on um, 
Twitter or Instagram, my man Pesho13. And also there's this website called Bigger Pockets just for real estate investing. Um if you wanna if you wanna like link up with me on Bigger Pockets, I'll message you back. So I'm just Tesho Akindeli on there. Again, appreciate it and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Quincy Marquardt here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.